From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Welcome you to this broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. This week, Dr. Cairns continues a series of studies on the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of Charles Haddon Spurgeon, found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Today's devotional is entitled, Gaining by Giving. The text is found in Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 25. If I desire to flourish in soul, I must not hoard up my stores, but must distribute to the poor. To be close and niggardly is the world's way to prosperity, but it is not God's way, for he saith, There is that scattereth, and yet increaseth. And there is that withholdeth more than is meet, and it tendeth to poverty. Faith's way of gaining is giving. I must try this again and again, and I may expect that as much of prosperity as will be good for me will come to me as a gracious reward for a liberal course of action. Of course, I may not be sure of growing rich. I shall be fat, but not too fat. Two great riches might make me as unwieldy as corpulent persons usually are, and cause me the dyspepsia of worldliness, and perhaps bring on a fatty degeneration of the heart. No, if I am fat enough to be healthy, I may well be satisfied, and if the Lord grants me a competence, I may be thoroughly content. But there is a mental and spiritual fatness which I would greatly covet, and these come as the result of generous thoughts toward my God, His church, and my fellow men. Let me not stint, lest I starve my heart. Let me be bountiful and liberal, for so shall I be like my Lord. He gave Himself for me. Shall I grudge Him anything? Jesus, we 
One of the most precious gifts God has given to mankind is the Bible, the Holy Scriptures. For those in the English-speaking world, the ability to own a copy of God's Word is taken for granted. Indeed, many of us possess multiple copies of the Bible. Yet, this was not always the case. There was a time when attempts to translate the Bible into the language of the common people were met with persecution and even death. Men like John Wycliffe and William Tyndale were hunted like outlaws simply because they labored to give God's word to people in the language they could understand. Let the Bible Speak is pleased to make available a booklet that briefly traces the history of those efforts. Entitled, How We Got Our English Bible, this short publication tells the story of the development of the authorized version of the Scriptures as we know it, including the enormous impact of the invention of printing upon the spreading of God's Word. Published by the Trinitarian Bible Society, this booklet is free to all who request it. Simply email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you wish, you may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you prefer regular mail, 
Simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Just ask for your copy of How We Got Our English Bible, and we'll be happy to provide it. This week on Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns continues his series of studies in the doctrine of the person and work of the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, verse 17, the Lord Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of Truth. This expression occurs four times in the New Testament. As Dr. Cairns is showing, there are in Scripture at least seven actions ascribed to the Holy Spirit as the Spirit of Truth. The first of these relates to the inspiration of the Bible, which is called the Word of Truth and the Scriptures of Truth. Then another action of the Holy Spirit is to point to Christ and not to himself. Further, the Spirit of Truth uses the truth of the gospel to bring in the full number of those whom God the Father has given to his Son. Now Dr. Cairns continues this message entitled, The Spirit of Truth. Paul speaks of those who convey the message of God as being like trumpets or instruments who should not give an uncertain sound. The Lord is breathing through them and He is producing every note in the sacred melody of Scripture even though He uses various men to do it. This is the word of the Holy Ghost. 1 Corinthians 2.13 speaks of the words which the Holy Ghost teaches. Revelation chapters 2 and 3 have the recurring phrase, He that hath ears to hear, let him hear what the Spirit said unto the churches. So he offers You know, when you stop to think of that, that gives you the secret of the invincible vitality of the Scriptures. This book had been banned. This book has been burned. This book has been mocked. 
This book has been subjected to the greatest barrage of human criticism that any book has ever been subjected to. Infidels have written it off. Voltaire, in the 18th century, he was able to say that this book would soon be forgotten. A great American infidel uh, so dismissed the scriptures in the 19th century that he could say that in 10 years there would be more theaters than churches because the Bible was utterly discredited. And I tell you today, practically nobody knows anything about Voltaire except that he died in agony and went out into the darkness as a shrieking soul. Nobody today hears or knows much of Colonel Ingersoll, who once was shaking this country with his vicious diatribes against the Scriptures. And yet the Bible stands. Whatever man does to the book, my friend, there is a vitality in the Scripture. This is why when Martin Luther, Ulrich Zwingli, and the rest of the first generation reformers let the Bible look uh, loose in medieval Europe. This is why in place after place, nothing could stop it. Sinners were converted. Romanism was fractured, wounded, with a deadly wound. And the world has never been the same again. Why? Because this is the scripture of truth, the product of the Spirit of truth and the Holy Spirit of God is intimately connected with this book. The only word which he has promised to bless is the Word of God. Oh, then let us get back to the Scriptures. Let us not merely say we believe these bo uh, this book. Let us get to read this book. Let us get to study this book. Let us get to know this book. Let us get to preach this book. When you go preaching, preach the book. Paul says, preach the word. Be instant in season and out of season. When you go witnessing, preach the word. The great hallmark of the personal witnessing of, say, one of the greatest witnesses this country has ever seen, Reuben Archer Torrey. The great thing about him was his use of the Scripture. Torrey had a standing challenge to any infidel in the country, and this was in a time when infidelity was rampant. None could stand against him because he didn't argue philosophy. He didn't argue logic. He just gave them the book of God. And using the scriptures, God gave him a ministry that not only shook this country, but in a three-year period is estimated to have reached a hundred thousand souls for Christ around the globe. All this is the Word of God. Hebrews 4 and 12, the Word of God is quick and powerful. The living and powerful Word. Jeremiah 23 and 9, the Lord says, Is not my word as a fire? Is it not as a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces? Oh, my friend, what is wrong with our churches today is that we would drum a man out as a heretic if he questioned the Scriptures, and rightly so. But the hypocrisy 
hypocrisy of it is that there never has been greater ignorance of the Scriptures. There never has been greater neglect of the Scriptures. There never has been less preaching of the Scriptures in our churches than what we have today. Ah, my friend, the Holy Spirit has produced this book. He's still breathing in this book. I have often pointed out before that it is heresy to say that the Holy Spirit inspired the Scriptures. That is heresy if you stop there. The truth is that the Holy Spirit still inspires the Scriptures. He gave them by inspiration. He sustains them by His vital breath. This was not the Word of God. This is the Word of God. This is a continuing thing. The Holy Spirit did not abandon the Scriptures just as soon as He gave them. The Holy Spirit is still vitally connected with the Scriptures of truth. Oh, that we would get this in our hearts. The first work of the Spirit of Truth is the production, preservation, and use of the Book of God. Then secondly, as the Spirit of Truth, the Holy Spirit exalts the Lord Jesus Christ. The Spirit of Truth. Did not the Lord Jesus say, I am the truth? I am the truth. The question that is so often on the lips of men was asked by Pontius Pilate, what is truth? An amazing thing that he should ask, what is truth of the one who was truth incarnate? And I believe the Lord gave him the answer because before Pontius Pilate, he witnessed a good confession. But here is the Spirit of truth. In other words, the Spirit of Him who is the truth. The Spirit of Christ. And as the Spirit of truth, therefore, the Holy Spirit exalts Christ. Notice what it says in John fifteen twenty six: He shall testify of me. That's the mark of the Holy Spirit. Look again at John 16, verses 13 and 14. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all the truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you the peculiar ministry of the Holy Spirit, the peculiar mark of the Spirit of truth, is that he testifies of Christ, and secondly, that he glorifies Christ. Now, there's a lot that we could do with that simple statement. If I were doing a, a series on that particular point, I think we could take a long time over it. Let me just say this. The Holy Spirit never starts a cult around himself. It is wrong, and this is happening in many professedly Bible-believing churches, it is wrong to omit a proper scriptural emphasis on the person and work of the Holy Spirit. I have been grieved and saddened 
at the number of people who have told me over the last three or four months since we started looking at the person work of the Holy Spirit that never in their Christian experience before have they ever had any systematic teaching on the Bible doctrine of the Holy Spirit. That is a departure in fundamentalism. Until a generation ago, fundamentalism had as one of its great marks an emphasis on the person and work of the Holy Spirit. And in just about every great gospel campaign, there was that stress upon the Spirit in His work. It's a tragedy what has happened that the Holy Spirit has been omitted practically, not theoretically, but practically from the theology of so many churches. But why that is wrong, it is also wrong to make a cult of the Holy Spirit. Yes, the Holy Spirit is God and He is to be worshipped. He is to be honored, glorified with all the dignity due to deity. But the Holy Spirit comes from the Father and the Son to take of the things of Christ and reveal them to men. When you get anything like many parts, for instance, of the charismatic movement, which claim to be peculiarly a movement of the Spirit, where there is little, in some cases no emphasis, upon the great objective work of Jesus Christ, you can be sure, absolutely sure, that the claim to be of the Spirit is a false claim. The Holy Spirit neither speaks constantly about Himself, nor does He gather a cult or cultus of worship around Himself. The peculiar ministry of the Holy Spirit is always pointing Christward. The the great substance of his testimony is the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. The great impetus of his ministry is to bring people to Christ. That is the mark of the Holy Spirit. Again, we can say this, that the Holy Spirit is never in any movement that derogates from the glory of Jesus Christ detracts from his honor or questions the great principal doctrines concerning Christ. I say this today because in this day of mealy-mouthed compromise, almost anything that professes to be Christian is accepted as Christian. Well, I say, my friend, whoever likes it may like it and whoever dislikes it may dislike it. My job is not to please men, but to preach the Word of God. I say that when I go into Romanism and I find a denial of the once-for-all atonement of Jesus Christ, when I find a removal of Christ from the position of being the one and only mediator between God and man, when I find that the grace of God that saves is given a minor place and man's work is elevated 
uh, to have a determining power in saving the soul, I can say this is not of the spirit of truth. This is not Christianity. When I come into so-called Protestantism and I find a liberal who at this Christmas season will go through this book and he will talk a lot of sentimental twaddle about a baby in a manger, but he will deny the essential deity of that babe in the manger. I say that is not Christianity. That is not of the spirit of truth. When I come into evangelical churches and I find that there is a movement that is called preaching the gospel, but which is just a reinstatement of the ancient heresy of Pelagianism, which exalts the will of man to the throne whereby man determines whether heaven will be populated or whether it will not be populated. And the blood of Christ is evacuated of its mighty success in its shedding at Calvary. Then I say that is not of the spirit of truth. Oh, the Spirit of truth exalts the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't want to press this point too long and too far. My friend, it is no coincidence that in our churches that profess to be faithful to the Bible, when there came to be less and less, of an emphasis on the person and work of the Holy Spirit, and more and more of an emphasis on human activity and human ingenuity, human schemes, human plans, human gimmicks even. It's no coincidence that the more that happened, the less there has been a preaching of Christ in our pulpits. listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. If you wish, you may call us at 1-864-244-2408. That's 1-864-244-2408. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 